Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast, and I'm your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes. I'm also the administrator over at the internet, Sake Discord, and around these parts, I'm the Sake Nerd guy. I'm not the Sake Samurai guy. I am your co-host, Timothy Sullivan. I am a Sake Samurai. I'm a Sake Educator as well as the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. So, Tim. Yeah. I think we're, we're overdue now for our Wild Rice series. And I also feel like today's rice is one that we hear kind of often on the show. Yes, and it's not easy to say either. No, it was a, a quite quite a challenge. I remember when I first encountered it, I usually kind of just saw it in writing. It was a word I'd never heard out loud. <laughs> and I thought it was, you know, interesting. And I would never actually have to say it out loud. And then I started doing a sake podcast. <laughs> and it came up alarmingly quickly. <laughs> and alarmingly often. <laughs> well... Put me out of my misery and uh, <laughs> dazzle me with your pronunciation. What what oh. rice are we going to be tackling today? <laughs> today is Gohyakuman Goku. Oh, my God. That was perfect. Yeah. I, I want to say that, uh, you know, back in April of uh, 2020, not nearly as good sounding. I don't think that nearly, <laughs> I don't think that goes quite as well. I think I have probably said a lot of Gohakuman or something. I don't know. <laughs> I might have just looked at all those syllables and just was paralyzed with fear. I don't know. Oh my God. Go Hyakuman Goku. Yes. That's a lot. It's a mouthful. Go Hyakuman Goku. Yeah. So well, Tim, what does that mean anyway? That's a, it's a lot of words I'm assuming. <laughs> so what's it mean? Oh gosh. Well, it's, it's an interesting name because it does actually have like an origin story to it. Uh, I'll give you the literal translation first. So Go Hyaku means 500 man mm -hmm. means a unit of 10,000 and mm -hmm. then goku means it's a measurement of weight of rice so it means 5 million koku so you take 500 times 10,000 and then you you get uh 5 million koku and a koku is a measurement of rice that's about 300 pounds a little bit more than 300 pounds Okay, so, so this word actually has you doing math. Yes, it does. And it's a measurement of rice. Yes. So huh. the sake rice Gohyaku Mangoku was registered in Niigata Prefecture in 1957. And in that year, Niigata, which is a center for eating rice production, they mm -hmm. had a bumper crop and they had... Uh, great amount of rice produced in 1957 mm. and the farmers of Niigata collectively produced 5 million koku and again koku is a measurement of weight of rice and this was such an achievement that they named this sake rice after that achievement so gohyakuman goku means 5 million 300 pound bags of eating rice <laughs> So look at this straight. Does that stir so your like, emotions? Oh, they're sitting around and they're like, oh my God, we made so much rice. 
We have so many rice fields and our yields are incredible. Also, we're about to name a new rice. I've got it. <laughs> so much rice, which is basically the name of this one. Yeah. So that is the kind of the background of where this name comes from. And it ba it's a basic nod to Niigata being a home base, a center for rice production. I think mm -hmm. in, in, in the popular imagination in Japan, Niigata is seen as the land of uh, plentiful rice. So I think it's a nod to that idea mm -hmm. that Niigata is a real place for, for rice to be grown. You know, it's interesting. As a, as a sake lover, mm. the thing that I think about when I think of Niigata is so many sake breweries. Mm. But I guess if you have so much rice, it's kind of natural that you're also going to have so many sake breweries. <laughs> Yeah, Niigata has the most sake breweries of any prefecture, and they clock in about 89 or 90, so about 90 breweries. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a, a that's, lot. That's quite, quite a bit. So, all right, so we've got this bizarrely named rice. Uh, it's not bizarre. It's perfectly this? logical when you think about it. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. Still, the logic's escaping me. But, uh, but that's not important. The important thing is, you know, What's the story with it? Is this a uh, is this a, is this an heirloom rice or is this whether they crossbreed this? Let's look at some of the details about the development of this rice. It's a it is a crossbreed. It is a mix mm -hmm. of a rice called kikusui, and you may know that name. Kikusui is the name of a sake brand in Niigata, but yes. it also had a it's also the name of a sake rice. And then there's another sake rice. Shin 200 Go, Shin Nihyaku Go in Japanese. And these mm -hmm. two sake rice strains were cross-bred in 1938. They created this rice, and because of World War II happening, uh, it wasn't really put into use until the post-war period. And as I mentioned mm. before, it was finally registered in 1957. And it slowly gained prominence, but the origin prefecture, this is important, the origin mm. prefecture for Gohyaku Mangoku sake rice is Niigata. So they claim ownership over this rice. It's grown in other prefectures now, but it really is identified with Niigata. Yeah. It's definitely one that when I hear the word, I, I always think, oh, Niigata. All right. Yeah. You know, it's the, the purely. Now, because I associate it with Niigata, and because it is actually from there, what are we looking at as far as like what's it bringing to the table mm. from a, uh, I guess from a flavor and aroma standpoint? Yeah, well, th this sake rice is really well known for producing the classic Niigata profile. Pretty logically, it produces mm. a light and clean sake and pretty mild aromas. And the overall word I've heard used to describe sakes made with gohyaku mangoku is a little bit airy like not dense not concentrated but more airy light and clean and you know it, it, it's a classic sake rice in that it does produce large rice grains compared to eating rice sake rice is grown it has a little bit of a larger grain size a little bit of a taller stalk usually and these are hallmarks for things you really want to look for when you're selecting a sake rice to use for your sake. And Gohyaku Mangoku really has that. 
And where does this guy fit in as far as its volume of sake rice? I think we talked about uh, a, a somewhat dominant position that uh, Yamada Nishiki has. Yeah. Where does Go Yakuman Goku fit into this? We have to differentiate here between sake produced encompassing eating rice and sake mm. rice. But if we just look at sake rice alone, Yamada Nishiki, which is the king of sake rice, that accounts for, it changes every year, but you know, roughly between 33 and 36% of all sake rice produced. And it is the most grown sake rice. There's about 100 varieties that are grown specifically just for sake. Mm-hmm. And of those 100, Yamada Nishiki is the big kahuna, and about 33 to 36% or so. And our Gohyaku Mangoku, the star mm-hmm. of today's episode, it comes in number two. So Number two? Yeah. So about 24% of those 100 varieties is dedicated exclusively to Gohyaku Mangoku. So this comes in number two in the volume of rice grown. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Our, yeah, it's our no little, slouch. Our, our little, yeah, our little go Yakuman Goku is making good. <laughs> number two in the world. That's, yeah, that's so it's number great. two. Yeah, and I did some research for go Yakuman Goku for today's episode, and I heard it referred to as the Yokozuna of the East. The Yokozuna <laughs> of the East. Uh, Yokozuna is like a a rank in sumo? Yes, yes. So it's it's uh, it's like some top like champion of sumo, I think. Okay. Any listeners who are sumo experts, please let us know. So Yokozuna of the East is kind of like the champion of the East, and there's also Yokozuna of the West. And when you're referring to sake rice, so Yamada Nishiki is grown in Hyogo, which is in the far west of uh... Japan. And the Gohyaku Mangoku is from Niigata, which is on the eastern side comparatively. So mm-hmm. they, I've heard it referred to as like the, the big kahuna of the east versus the big kahuna of the west, Yamada Nishiki. Kind of funny. All right. Yeah, I can see that. And then the two of them can, can collide in the middle and battle one another for dominance. <laughs> yeah, so Gohyaku Mangoku is the number two sake rice in Japan. So I've been waiting for... Gohyaku to have its day <laughs> on our on our show. <laughs> Excellent. And today is that day. Yes. And Tim, we have a sake that uses Gohyaku Mangoku today. Yes. And and because Gohyaku Mangoku, despite being available and, and being uh, utilized in a lot of different sakes in a lot of different parts of Japan, was born in Niigata, as you pointed out. So the sake we're going to be drinking today is from Niigata. Yes. Do you want to give yes. us an intro to our sake for today, our Gohyaku superstar for today? Sure. Our Gohyaku superstar is Koshi no Kanchubai Gold Junmai Ginjo uh, using Gohyaku Mangoku rice from Niigata mm-hmm. is polished down to 55% of its original size. Sake meter value, that measurement of dry to sweet, is plus three. So yeah, just north of neutral, I want to say. Uh, acidity is 1.6. 
And this is interesting, the alcohol by volume is only 14%, so it might be something a little lighter. Uh, Tim, I don't know if I've ever had this. Are you personally familiar with the sake? I am not. So we're both going to have a fresh reaction to this sake. All right, so should we get it open and in the glass? Let's do that. I do love it when we have the same sakes, Tim. If we can't be in the same room, at least we have the same beverage. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. So we are drinking the same sake. We're going to focus on this Koshino Kanshubai for today's Gohyaku Mangoku episode. Mm-hmm. And if uh, the god of sake is on our side, this is going to be a really good representation of that Niigata style. All right. So... Um, speaking of Niigata style, this is pretty clear. Yep, really clear. <laughs> Very crystal clear. Yeah, and we had our we had our episode on charcoal filtering, and we talked about how popular that is in Niigata. So I would take a guess that this sake has been charcoal filtered. I would say so too, if I had to hazard a guess. Yeah, let's give it a smell. I'm gonna give it a swirl in my wine glass. That's kind of pleasant. Yeah, a little bit light. A little bit light. And I, I'm also picking up on a, a very light ricey note as well. It's there. It's almost like a sweet ricey note. Mm. Yeah. And I, when I'm talking to people about rice aromas, I often think like, oh, if you have a rice cooker at home or if, you have, if you've cooked rice in a pot and you take the lid off, after mm-hmm. it's done cooking and you get that wafting aroma of freshly steamed rice like that is an aroma we look for a lot when tasting sake and smelling sake and i get just a hint of that like maybe a wafting steaming rice from the other room <laughs> yeah so a very gentle rice aroma i i think that restrained is the only way to describe this oh, aroma no, it's it's Super definitely light. restrained it's not a, um it's not overwhelming in any way uh, it is. You do have to look for it. It's um, yeah, It's really light. Our noses are in these glasses trying to pick it up, and it is very, very light. But it's elegant. I don't view that as a defect. Like, a light aroma for me is really enjoyable and doesn't have to, like, slap me in the face to make me take notice of it. So I, oh, I, no, really, no. I really enjoy this aroma a lot. Yeah. So shall we sip? Yeah. All right. I, I want to say this keeps up pretty well with the with the aroma. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it's even more rice focused on the on the palate. Yes. The flavor well, is dry and kind of rice forward, steamed rice, maybe a little bit of mochi rice. Mm-hmm. And just a hint of umami, like there's a little savory note on the finish. I don't know if you pick up on that at all, John. I'm getting my, my savoriness a little bit earlier. <laughs> okay. And I'm getting like a little bit of a a, a residual tiny bit of fruit that lingers oh. mm-hmm. that I find, I'm finding very pleasant. I yeah. Kind of, I'm kind of really liking that aspect of it. But it is, this is a little bit more, a little bit more rice driven. Mm. Than, than your typical Junmai Ginjo, right? Right. 
And it's interesting, we've talked a lot about Yamagata sake. So Yamagata is a prefecture a little bit north of Niigata, and their style is very fruity and more exuberant. And this is really a classic Niigata sake in a lot of ways. It's lighter, it's cleaner, it has very gentle ricey notes on the palate, and it finishes dry. I find the aftertaste is really crisp and dry as well. Do you agree? I do. I do. It's, and it's it's nice. I remember recently we were talking about how on a sake that we thought was going to kind of bowl us over because one of the numbers was particularly high. I'll let people who have been listening go back and remember what we're talking about. But we commented how these things really didn't stand out because the sake was really well in balance. Ah, uh, yeah. This is also very well balanced like all of these things that we're talking about are present but none of them are really taking command of of mm. your experience here it's all just these nice little things you get to experience in this very pleasant somewhat light crisp sake yeah i remember that sake we were looking at it on paper and it, it the numbers said oh this might be sweet and it did not come across sweet at all because mm -hmm. it had that balance you're talking about. And I agree that we have this here as well. It's really interesting. You know, I, one thing I've heard from a lot of sake brewers in Niigata, some of those 90 breweries that are in this prefecture, <laughs> is that they like their sake, obviously, to be more restrained. And one of the ideas behind that style of sake, this regional style, is that they want to put the focus on the food, on the cuisine, and they want mm. clean, light sake to be a palate cleanser and support the dishes, but not take center stage or grab your attention away from the food. So this is really a sake probably designed from the ground up to be, you know, really a supportive type of sake for food pairing. Mm -hmm. Could be. Could be. And, <laughs> could and be. what do your thing? Could be. Uh, very Probably likely. Not. Very likely. Probably not. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think very likely. Having just heard you say that, hmm. what kind of food? Hmm. Well, one of the advantages of this in the background type of sakes is that you can pair it very broadly. It's not going to clash with many styles of food. I think one of the primary things to keep in mind when pairing with this style of sake is the weight of the food. This is 14% uh, alcohol. It's a little mm -hmm. bit on the quiet and lighter side, which is common for Niigata. So you just want to keep in mind that, you know, barbecue ribs and deep fried whatever may not be the best match for this. <laughs> That might be a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Those Cajun fries might not be a good choice with no, this. No, no, no. But but I think that, that like most mild flavored foods mm. are going to go very well with this mild flavored sake. Yeah. I'll tell you what popped into my mind. It is now autumn. Yes. Autumn of 2021. And mm, already. It is starting to get chilly. Today was like our first really chilly day, and I loved it. It was nice. I yeah, busted yeah. out my, my coat today. Not, no <laughs> right. jacket. Today was a coat. <laughs> well, one of the very popular foods in Japan in the autumn is called oden. I think we've talked about oden on the show before. I'm, I am a certain we've talked about okay. oden on the show before. Yes. So oden is different cuts of vegetables and fish cakes and things that are simmered in a uh, 
soy sauce broth. Mm. And it is savory. And it's interesting because the foods are kind of neutral. Like think about daikon radish and you simmer mm-hmm. it for a long time in this very delicious dashi soy sauce broth. And it, it absorbs all those flavors and you eat it warm. And that type of warming but kind of light dish is something that I really think goes well with this. It's a very a delicious but gentle kind of stewed veggies. And you can have a little more liquid or a little less liquid depending on how you want to enjoy it. But that that flavor profile is something that really came to me and I said that would go well with this. Mm. Now, let me ask you a question, John. What uh, do you think about serving this sake, this Koshino Kanchubai Gold? Again, it's a Junmai Ginjo. What do you think about serving this warm? You know, I give it a shot. I give it a, and and I am people at home who probably know this already. <laughs> I am not somebody who usually jumps on warming up sake. It, it I feel like it takes a certain it takes the right drink to make me jump onto that idea, and. I can do this. I would give this a shot. So it's not an absolute no for you. Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not a no. Uh, I would give this a shot. And to think like, oh, I'm going to warm up a June Mike Ginjo. It just sounds wrong <laughs> to me. <laughs> but we, yeah, we I, I would break, do this. Break those stereotypes. Break those stereotypes. Go out of my comfort zone. Maybe that'll be my sake revolution resolution for next year maybe i will go outside of my comfort zone and i will start by warming this sake <laughs> in in january i will grab some koshino kanchubai gold and i will warm it up mm. or maybe i'll just get a head start on things yeah well i have a prediction if you did warm this up i think that that little umami note that we picked up on the palate it's not going to be so little anymore that's right (laughs) it's a little quiet right now but i think if you warmed this up it would become more pronounced and really pair well with warm oden even better Mm. so i i i am on board with recommending this to warm so uh this has gohyaku mangoku in it so the sake rice for today and what I pick up on is that lighter edge to this. It, this is not a heavy, rich, or concentrated sake in any oh, way. No. And I think that that sake rice, Gohyaku Mangoku, lends that airiness, that lightness to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just, this works. And this is, uh, as much as I am open to having this warm, this is an absolute treat, chilled. It is mm. really, really nice. So you're enjoying it even though it's not... Uh, Tropical fruit bomb? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's more to life, Tim. There yes. is more to life. I may be a number one Ginjo fan sometimes, but uh, but I do think this is really nice. I do like my light sakes too, you know. Mm. They're those little ones that I can sip on the couch. So, uh, all right, but where whereabouts in Niigata is uh, Niigata Mejo? This brewery is in central Niigata. So oh. it is not in the north not in the south it's right in the center of the prefecture and it's a very snowy region and i'm sure they have lots of oden in the winter (laughs) i mean it gets nice and chilly over there oh it sure does yeah so i think they might have had that we need a sake that would be good with warmed up food i think they had that on their mind when they were imagining this sake nice i can i can go for that i can do some of that yeah all right so john 
do you feel that you have learned something about the number two kahuna of sake rice, Gohyaku Mangoku? I feel like it's a rice that doesn't get a lot of attention. Mm. Like I, I know, you know, people when they're you know, sake nerds, when they're talking about their sake rice that they like, they talk about Yamana Nishiki. They love to talk about Omachi. They talk about their kind of, uh, you know, weird little rices from here and there, but they don't talk about the number two sake rice. And I think that it might be, as you pointed out, that the prefecture responsible for it kind of likes to use this as a rice and a sake. They want to be understated and they want yeah. to be uh, complimentary to a dish that shines. And if the sake isn't shining, then people aren't thinking about the sake. They're just thinking that the food is really good. Yep. And it's like, well, the sake is playing a really nice supporting role that they're maybe not noticing. Yeah. And I think we could describe Gohyaku Mangoku as a workhorse sake rice. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's a workhorse. A, a lot of breweries buy Yamada Nishiki for their super premium Junmai Daiginjo. And Gohyaku Mangoku fills this role with your Junmais and your Junmai Ginjos and your Honjozos as well, where you need something that will be stable, reliable, not too showy. And I think Gohyaku Mangoku really fills that that void there. Excellent, excellent. This is one of my favorite series. I cannot wait uh, for the next one because I, I love going deep into these rices and finding out all the little things about them that I didn't know. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, you like getting wild. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> rice gone I mean, wild. when it comes to rice, of course. Yeah, when it comes to <laughs> rice, sure, absolutely. All right, John, I'm craving <laughs> Oden now, and I am <laughs> ready for dinner. All right. Well, thanks to you, John, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. We really do hope that you're enjoying our show. Now, if you would like to show your support for Sake Revolution, the best way to help us out is to join us on Patreon. We are a listener-supported show, and we rely on contributions from our patrons to help bring you Sake Revolution every week. That's right. And uh, on top of that, uh, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you download your podcast. It really does make a huge difference. And we do appreciate everybody who does listen and everything that you do to, uh, to get the word out about our show. Yeah, we do appreciate that. And as always, if you would like to learn more about any of the topics, sake rice, or sakes that we talked about in today's episode please visit our website, sakerevolution.com, and there you can check out all the detailed show notes. And for all of your sake question needs, we have an email address that you should be sending them to. That email address is feedback at sakerevolution.com. This is kind of where we get our ideas for shows in a lot of cases, guys. So if you want to be a part of the experience, send in those ideas. Help us send out. In those questions. So, until next time, please remember to keep drinking all that sake and come pie.